this morning I want you to know that if you look around and you see different faces this morning, you are in the presence of greatness. Now I realize that some of you automatically want to stand up and say, yes, I acknowledge that, I'm here today, I am the, the presence of greatness that you just spoke of. We are, I really believe, we're in the presence of greatness. As you look around, here on Father's Day, there are lots and lots of great men here today. We're in the presence of greatness. We are in the presence of some of the most important men in the world. Now you think I'm joking, but in the world in which you live, guys, let me tell you, you are the most important person in your home, your place of business, wherever you may go, you are so important. I want you to remember that this morning. Guys, I know that, that a lot of times you don't hear those kinds of messages. Unfortunately, many times guys are the punchline of a joke. They are the character on the sitcom that everybody makes fun of. They are the guy on the commercials who looks like an idiot. But let me tell you this. No, that's true this morning. We're in the presence of greatness because we have great men here this morning. We have everyday heroes who get up and go to work or get up and do their daily routines, not for any other reason than just because that's what God has called them to do. And they do it faithfully, and they do it with skill, and they do it with excellence. So I say thank you. We're in the presence of everyday heroes. We're in the presence of great husbands and great fathers, great businessmen, great employers, great workers, great servants in the church, great leaders are here this morning. As you look around and you see the different men that are here, I want you to know that we're in the presence of greatness. And I want to give these great men this morning something that they likely won't get anywhere else. I'm not going to give you insults. I'm not going to ask your family to drag you to church so that I can beat you up this morning about how awful you are. Unfortunately, I believe we ruin three of the greatest holidays that we have in this country at church. We ruin them. We ruin Mother's Day. We worship mothers instead of worshiping Jesus. We should honor mothers. We should say thank you. And I mentioned that on Mother's Day. We ruined Father's Day because we beat up on dads. We beat up on men. Instead of encouraging them and challenging them, praying for them. And we ruined Independence Day, I think, also because we worship our country instead of Jesus. We are so thankful to have a wonderful country God has blessed us with. But I don't want to ruin Father's Day. I don't want to ruin it for guys who got out of bed this morning and brought their families to church and said, this is what we do on Sundays. We go to honor the Lord before we do anything else. I don't want to you up this morning. I don't want to insult you. I don't want to make you the punchline to a joke. I don't want to put you down. I want to give you stuff that you will not hear anywhere else this morning. Just truth. Just love. Just a challenge for all men, and especially those who are dads. Because of the authority and the influence you have. You know, every man here, if you evaluate your life right now, every man here finds himself in a position of authority. In some way, maybe it's at home, maybe it's at work, maybe it's in the community, maybe it's here at church, wherever it may be, you find yourself as a man, and ladies, as you look around and look at the men in your life, you see those men as, as guys who have some authority granted to them. I wonder, how do you handle it? Maybe you're a man this morning and you say, I've got all kinds of authority. Maybe I don't recognize it at first, but if I look at my home, I look at my job, I look at my community, I realize God has granted me and blessed me with a tremendous amount of authority over certain people. How are you handling that? Some here would say, you know, I think I'm doing all right. I'm trying the best that I can to follow the Lord and do what he says, and I, I'm doing pretty well with it right now. Some would say, you know, I, I'm, I'm failing miserably. I come to church and I try to hide it, but, but when I'm at home, when I'm at work, 
when I'm in the community, wherever it may be, I'm, I'm struggling with that. I'm not handling authority very well. I'm not doing a good job of administering that. Some of you say, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'm doing a good job or a bad job because I honestly don't even know what to do. I'm not even sure. This morning, I want you to walk away, primarily for our men here who are in roles of authority in a variety of places, but also for the ladies, also for all of us who will find ourselves in authority in some way or under authority in some way. I want you to have a better idea this morning of where true authority comes from, how you can better handle the authority that you've been given, and how you can see God bless you and bless others through and under authority. So here's what we'll do. We're going to read scripture this morning. I'm going to give you after that the main idea, what you have got to walk away with this morning. And remember and let it, let it go through your head always. Meditate on that truth. I want to give you five ways that this is revolutionary in your life and then some ways you can apply it and it will be done. So turn with me to Luke chapter 7. If you've got a Bible or a phone or a tablet or whatever it is, you, you can look up the scripture and please do that this morning. You'll see on the back of your bulletin, way you can follow along with the sermon if you'd like to, to have an outline and do that. You'll also see a little code that you can scan on your smartphone or your tablet. It'll take you to some notes about this sermon. Unfortunately, we're still having computer issues, and so the words won't be on the screen. We're trying to get all that fixed, so follow along, and hopefully you can, uh, you can catch them all. Let's read the scripture, Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. Now, what's just happened here is, uh, timeline-wise at least, the way that Luke and Matthew put it, is that Jesus has just finished the Sermon on the Mount. So he has come, and he is asserting his own authority as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's giving his law. The king always gives law, and that's his authority. And so that's what Jesus has just done. And now he's going to prove his authority by some different things that he'll do. And we read this little story in verses 1 through 10 about what true authority really is. Look in verse 1. When he, Jesus, had concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people... Entered Capernaum. A centurion's slave, who was highly valued by him, was sick and about to die. Now, a centurion, just so you know, was a Roman officer. Now, if you know anything about the history between ancient Rome and ancient Israel, then you realize that these two sides plain don't like each other. Right? The Romans imposed their rule through these soldiers and, and these officials on the Jewish people, and the centurions were in charge of 100 soldiers, century being the root word. So a centurion is a guy who is, is charged with keeping the peace and keeping the Jews, especially, in line so they don't revolt against the government and so on. This guy was supposed to be a hated member of the opposition. He's got this servant, it says, a slave, who was highly valued by him. Matthew tells us he deeply loved him and was sick and he's about to die. When the centurion heard about Jesus, this Roman guy hears about a Jewish teacher. At least that's what maybe he thought at first. But when he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, requesting him to come and save the life of his slave. When they reached Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He, this centurion, is worthy for you to grant this, because he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Jesus went with them. And when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to tell him, Lord, don't trouble yourself. Since I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. And here's this guy who is in charge of a hundred men, a position of great authority, and yet he finds one who has greater authority. 
the source of true authority, and that's what he goes to. He says, I, I may have lots of authority, but I may be in charge of a lot of things and a lot of responsibility, but Lord, I'm not even worthy for you to come under my roof. That is why I didn't even bother, or didn't even consider myself rather worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. It's the guy who understood the Lord. He knew what it was all about. Jesus heard this and was what? Amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found so great a faith even in Israel. So even among God's people, he's not found this kind of faith in God. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. This isn't just a story of authority, but I think it highlights something for us that's very, very important. And fellas in particular, here's something, a message you're not going to hear anywhere else. Because the world's message is totally against what the Bible says. If you go to work every day and you're making it up on your own, or if you're trying to read self-help books or whatever it is, or, or good management books, you may get some decent stuff. You're not going to get the truth from Scripture. I want you to make sure you get this this morning. That true authority comes from living under. True authority comes from living under. It doesn't come from how big and strong you are, how much you can threaten someone else. It doesn't come from your position. It doesn't come from how much money you have, though that was that's what the world wants you to believe. You think maybe that if you just rise a little higher up the ladder in your, in your place of business, if you just assert yourself, if you just talk a little more voluminous, if you simply act as if you have authority, then that's really good. Let me tell you this. What we see here in the scripture is this man, this centurion, says, I too am a man, what? Under authority. And he says, I know what it's like to have true authority because I live under authority. And he looks at Jesus and he says, I know you have true authority as well because you live under the authority of your True authority comes from living under. Make sure that you get that this morning. Believe it's a revolutionary truth. Not because it's something maybe you've never heard before. Maybe it's not novel. Maybe it's not new to you. But I believe it's revolutionary. And if you'll apply it in your life, it will change you dramatically. Whether or not you're a dad here today, as we celebrate Father's Day, whomever you are, wherever you go, this truth is revolutionary. And I want to give you some reasons why. First, this is revolutionary because it will make you the right kind of humble. The right kind of humble. It will make you the right kind of humble. Now, there's a wrong kind of humble. And some of us walk around every week thinking we are humble, and yet we're going about it the wrong way. I've done it. You've done it. Everybody here has done it. You probably did it this morning. The wrong kind of humble is to walk around with your head down and say, I'm no good. I'm useless. Maybe, maybe you've felt that way. Maybe you walk around each week and, and the conversation that goes on in your head is just like that. You're really not the good. You're useless. Just put your head down. That's what humility is about. Just, just beating yourself up. Or maybe you say, no, I, you know, wrong kind of humility for me. I'm just personless. I'm really nobody. I just do what I'm told. I just go to that place and they tell me what to do and I'm just a cog in their wheel. They don't care about me. I'm nobody at all and that's just fine. I'll just go through life and Maybe your wrong kind of humility is that you have no boundaries. You can't say no to anybody. Somebody asks you to do something, you really can't do it, but you'll say yes anyway. You really shouldn't be doing that. You really shouldn't 
take on that extra responsibility, but you'll do it anyway. You can't say no because you figure, well, people who say no, they're arrogant, they're prideful, they're not servants of other people. And I want to be humble, so I'll just say, yeah, I'll take care of it, no problem. You crumble on the inside and your family's destroyed because you can't say no. Or maybe your wrong kind of humility is that you just let yourself get run over. You know, it's, it's no big deal. Maybe you're the person who says nothing when something really needs to be said. I don't want to cause any problems. I'll just, I'll just take the fall here. It's no big deal. Don't worry about what they said. I'll make sure it's all right. It's a false kind of humility. Maybe you have a, a dishonest humility. You wouldn't claim this, but when someone compliments you, says you're good at this or that, praises you in some way, you say, no, that's not true. And really all you want is for them to argue with you so you feel a little better about yourself. Been there? I think we all have. The dishonest kind of humility. Instead of just saying thank you, I appreciate that. Let's be honest, all of you have gifts, all of you are good at stuff. Somebody tells you you're not, you argue with them, it's just only to make you feel a little better. Because then they say, oh, no, no, you're the best I've ever seen. You're the greatest. Oh, no, that's not true. And secretly you're just saying, please tell me. <laughs> Dishonest kind of humility. Or maybe you've got an avoidance kind of humility. You just want to avoid every conflict you can, and you, you'll just make sure that, okay, if somebody needs to look bad in this situation, it'll be me, because I want to maintain peace at all costs, even if it's a false peace. I'll just show you fall. Nobody has to deal with any issues, especially Or maybe you have a refusal kind of humility. And unfortunately, you, you couch it by saying, well, who am I? I don't want to appear like I'm trying to run things. I, I, don't, I don't want to be that person. I don't want everybody to think that I'm out for power. And so you refuse to use the gifts and abilities God has given. It's a false kind of humility. There's a wrong kind of humility. But when you live under God's authority, it will make you the right kind of humble. This centurion is nothing like the wrong kind of humble. Look in verse 6. Jesus went with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion said, friends, Here's what he tells them. Lord, don't trouble yourself, since I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. This is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. You say, well, this guy is just down on himself. He must really hate himself. No, what does he come into contact with? The true, one and only, universal authority. And what does it say to him? It says to him, I realize I'm not you. I realize that that really I'm not worthy for Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the very Son of God, to even enter my home. This isn't false humility. This is him simply recognizing who he is and who he's not. He's got the right kind of humility. He knows who he is. The scripture tells us this, is, this centurion isn't walking around with his head down, not doing his job well, just saying, well, I don't want to appear like I'm trying to be in charge of these hundred guys that I've been put in charge of. He's actually doing his job. When he comes under true authority, he realizes, you know what? I'm not the authority. And it makes him the right kind of humble. He's the right kind of humble because he lives under God's authority. And I believe God wants the same for you and the same for me. It's about knowing who you're not. Now, this is tough for guys because we're supposed to be everything all the time. You know, your kids at some point realize that you're not a superman, but for a long time they didn't know. I'm not sure what age exactly that is, but I'm seeing it. Beginning to see that transition. My kids realize I'm not great at everything. Don't tell them anymore than that. 
the right kind of humble isn't, isn't trying to be everything to everyone. It's recognizing, I know who I'm not. But it's not about being personless or a doormat. It's about being confident in who you are, still able to lead, still able to play your role, still able to do your job. But the right kind of humble isn't affected by positions or titles or money or an increase in any of those things. Those things you view simply as tools in God's hands to further his kingdom through you. So which kind of humble are you today? Are you the right kind of humble or the wrong kind of humble? When you live under God's authority, your own authority increases and it makes you the right kind of humble. And there's something special about that. Secondly, this truth... That true authority comes from living under it is revolutionary because it will increase your faith. It will increase your faith. You realize this centurion, when he sees his servant who's deathly ill, he, he realizes immediately, obviously, that he cannot heal him. Here is a powerful man realizing his own limitations, his own humanity, realizing what he cannot do. And so what does he do? He seeks out the one who can. And it says here in verse 8, I too am a man placed under authority. Having soldiers under my command, I say, go, and he goes. And to another, I say, come, and he comes. And to my slave, I say, do this, and he does it. Jesus heard this and was, what, amazed, amazed at his faith. I've, I've not seen this kind of faith. This centurion, by placing himself under the authority of Jesus Christ, didn't have a reduction in his faith, but an increase in his faith. You have limitations. Guys, hear this. You have it all. You cannot know it all. You cannot fix it all. Some of you are great at fixing stuff, but you can't fix it all. You realize that the lives of your family, the lives of those you work with or work for or who work for you, the lives of those in the community, you cannot fix every single thing. You can't handle it all. You can't handle it all as a husband. There are issues right now, fellas, if you're a married man, there are issues right now you know you simply cannot handle. You don't know what to do. Your marriage is struggling. You've got the same issues over and over, and you don't know what to do. As a dad, maybe you're the parent of young children, and you say, I have no idea what I'm doing. I make it up each day as I go. Raise my hand with you. Maybe you're the parent of teenagers, and you say, I'm trying. But but, but they literally act as if they hate me every second. I'm not sure what to do. Maybe you're an empty nester and you say, you know, I, I see my kids and, and yeah, they're, they're, they're out doing their thing and, and I, boy, I so want, I so, I so want to help them. But they're not coming to me for advice. I don't know what to do. Maybe you're a grandparent and you see your children parenting and you say, I, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> I want to do something but I want to help. I want to, I want to step in and you don't know what to do. Let's be honest, you can't handle it all as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, as a worker, as an employer, as a business owner, whatever it is. You have limitations, but let me tell you the great truth. Jesus doesn't. You have limitations. He does not. This centurion realized, here's my servant. I deeply care for him. Here's an issue I can't handle. Let me find the one. Guys, this morning, I don't want to pump you up on Father's Day and say, you go out and you conquer the world. And you are the greatest, and you, there is nothing you can't do, and nothing can stop you, because none of that is true. Because you have things you stop you every day. You have things you can't handle every single day. And let me tell you this. The reason you can't is because you're human, and 
reason that you can is because it points you to Jesus and your need for a Savior. Guys, you may be walking through life every single day thinking, I've got this. I've got it under control. I live under my own authority. And the whole time, God is trying to get you to the point where your eyes are open and you recognize that I can't do this. I can't handle my life. I can't handle my marriage. I can't handle my family apart from Jesus Christ. I wonder this morning, if you, like the centurion, recognize your own limitations, the impossibility of saving yourself and fixing all the issues in your life, and you would turn to the only one who can save you, the only one who has the answers for those issues, this centurion turned to that one, Jesus Christ, and submitted to his Imagine the scene. This powerful Roman officer, probably a very strong and confident-looking man, who tells people, you go here, and you go there, and you come here, and you do this, and immediately, without question, they do it. Here's an issue you can Imagine the scene. Imagine his soldiers, when he goes, and he humbles himself before a Jewish He says, I need you. There was nothing more powerful that he could have done. He could have tried to save his servant and get him to the best doctors he could. And in that day and in our day, there's nothing wrong with that. But he needed Jesus. And fellas, for your marriage, for your home, for your life, for your job, for wherever you go, the same need is there. You need Jesus. And when you submit yourself to his authority, it increases your faith. And you realize, I have limitations, but he doesn't. You realize I'm not all-knowing, I'm not all-powerful, I'm not omnipresent, but He is. And I will place my faith in Him. Unfortunately, when you live outside of God's authority, you trust and you put your faith in all the wrong things. And if you lack faith in God, guess what you're going to do? You're going to work more than you should. If you lack faith in God, you'll be a workaholic. And I say that in the mirror. Because you're going to be the person who, all right, I'm going to get it done. And I better work these extra hours, because why? Because this place is going to fall apart without me. Or I'm going to lose everything if I don't do this. And we like faith in God enough to sit in and I will put some boundaries up, and I won't fall. That's nitty-gritty stuff, and that's real. But it's true. I really believe it stems from a lack of faith in God, and I say that to myself as well. When you don't trust God like you should, you'll probably never really be at home. You may be there physically, but mentally you're somewhere else because you're always trying to solve the problems and you never can turn it on. You lack faith in God, fellas, you'll probably get sick and lacking margin in your life. Everything will be pushed to the ends. And you'll feel like you're scrambling all the time. You lack faith in God, you'll worry incessantly. I mean, all the time, stuff will drive you crazy. You'll always be worst-case scenario thinker. You've been there? Know anybody like that? You're looking at one. You'll always be that kind of person who worries what's going to go wrong and all of that. And all the time, Jesus is simply calling you to trust Him. Leave it at His feet. Take those issues you can't handle. Take everything to Him. Because when you live under His authority, your faith can be amazing, just like the faith of this centurion. Living under authority, true authority, is revolutionary because it increases your faith. Thirdly, it's revolutionary. Because it will break your heart for those under your authority. It will break your heart for those under your authority. You, you look at this centurion, and you see a man who, who simply told people what to do, and they did it. But he's not a guy who lords his authority over people. I'm sure you have worked for or worked with, or maybe even been that person. We won't admit that this morning. 
who simply enjoys their position of authority only for them. You probably work for folks who like the fact that you have to do what they tell you to do. And they tell you to do some things just because they can. Been there? Probably know some people. You probably work around people like that. Now, I know nobody here would think of somebody else. Nobody here's ever been that person. So you just happen not to like that person who works for you, so you tell them to do all the grunt work because you can. But certainly we know folks like that. This centurion was different. He actually cared deeply for a person who the Bible describes as his slave, someone he had no obligation to love. But as you live under God's authority, I really believe that you can and you will and you must give human dignity to all people because you realize that God has given it to you. You'll show goodwill to all people because you realize the grace that's been given to you. You won't make any threats toward people because you can. You won't make threats to the people that you lead because you realize it's God's kindness that is working on you. You won't make a habit of mistreating the people under your authority at home or at work or wherever because you have the attitude of God and Jesus Christ toward them. And when you do mistreat them, what will happen? You just simply repent and say, I'm sorry, I messed up, I need your forgiveness. You live under authority. Refuse to show partiality because you realize God doesn't do that. And when you live under authority, you'll never forget what it's like for the people who are under your authority. You'll never forget what it's like for you to be under authority. Parents, you'll never forget what it's like to be a child. You'll never forget what it's like to be a teenager. You'll never forget what it's like to be a college-age person. You'll never forget what it's like to be a single young adult. You'll never forget what it's like to be a young married or, or having young children. If you're in management, you'll never forget what it's like to be there on the line. Because you realize that you too are under authority. So when you live under God's authority, the people who are under your authority, you'll think about them differently. You'll talk to them and talk about them differently. You'll even approach your enemies a little different. You'll have less petty competition. Your guiding ethic will be love your neighbor as yourself. I wonder how many of us in our homes, in our places of business, and in our community, that is our one guiding ethic. Is your heart soft? Is it broken for those who are under your authority? Dad, this morning, that means your kids. I wonder, is your heart soft for them? How are they blessed because of your authority? So at home, at work, on the field, at church, wherever you may go, what's your heart like for those people? Fourth, when you live under authority, it's revolutionary because it will give you purpose. Look at that centurion again, and you see this guy. Verse 8 is... I really believe this is where he just sums up to Jesus how he recognizes the Lord's own authority. I too am a man placed under authority. He's got a purpose that he does, but it's a much greater purpose than simply telling people what to do. This guy, this centurion, this Roman officer is working for a much higher power than Caesar or even Rome, his government. He builds them a synagogue, it says. He loves the Jewish nation. He recognizes there is an authority, a higher authority than even him. He gives him purpose. He gives him something really to do with his life that actually matters, aside from just telling people what to do. Do you ever get tired of just going through the motions in life? Do you ever run out of purpose and say, why on earth am I doing this? This makes no sense. I don't even care about this. Why do you do what you do? Because you have to? For the money? Because somebody told you to? 
Because everyone expects you to do that. Why do you do the things that you what purpose does it serve? I wonder if you realize and recognize that living under authority, God's authority, changes even those mundane things you hate about your job. Even the things that frustrate you at home have a different flavor now because you realize I'm not just serving some random purpose, I'm serving God's purpose in this world. I wonder if you've used your opportunities as a worker, as a leader at home, in church, or wherever, to build relationships, to be available for people in times of crisis, and to work to love your neighbor as yourself. I really believe that every line of work, not just the one that you're looking at this morning preaching to you, but every line of work has a sacred calling. No matter where you go, you have a calling from God in your life to be salt and light. To be the light of the world, Jesus says, wherever you may be. I wonder if you're living under authority, do you have that kind of purpose? And if you don't, maybe you pray this morning, Lord, give me a new purpose. When you work, and when you live, when you play, whatever you may do under God's authority, you have fresh purpose for getting out of bed every morning. And then finally, living under God's authority is revolutionary. Because it will result in more effective leadership. There are guys here today who are leaders in your homes, in your business, or wherever. And maybe you feel like you're failing as a leader there. Maybe the starting point for you today is to begin to submit yourself and live under God's authority. This centurion had people who did what he told them to do. And I really believe it's not just because of his position, but if you get an idea of who he was, you realize they respected him and they loved him. And it wasn't just, well, the, the, the man told us what to do, so we better go do it. They looked at that man and they said, you know what, yeah, he's in charge of me, but I respect him. His leadership was more effective because he submitted himself to the ultimate authority. God always works through authority. He always does. Authority is biblical. Leadership and authority are certainly biblical, but they're blessed only when they are granted and guided by God himself. And you'll never be a leader at work. We're at home. We're in the community that God has designed you to be until you submit yourself to His authority. Authority, guys, is needed from you. Leadership is needed from you. But true authority and effective leadership come only from living under each of those things. So here's what we do every day this week. Here's the application. It's written there. You don't even have to fill in any blanks. What a nice guy. That was an amen line. Just <laughs> Maybe still laughing. That was it. Amen. Thank you. I wasn't going to move on until I got at least one. Here's what you do this week. I mean, every single day this week, guys, it's going to be a habit that you form. Ladies, if you work under authority, if you say, you know, I, I want to place myself under authority so I can have true authority, fellas, you want to do that? It's every day. It's a new habit to form. So just for a week, that's all I'm asking, just for a week, try these things. Number one, place yourself under God's authority. What does the centurion do when he recognizes the problem he can't fix? He sends for who? For Jesus. Every day this week, he says, you know what? I, I'm not worthy of you, Jesus. I, I realize who the real authority is. I'm not, I have no illusions about my own authority. I know it's limited. I know it's handed to me by someone else. So this week, I wonder, would you place yourself under the authority of God? Let me give you a couple ways you can do this. You can read scripture. Place yourself under the authority of God's word. You say, I have no idea where to start the Bible. Or I've been reading the Bible, and it's been pretty dry. This week, and I tell you this from time to time, and I really do mean it, it's a great place to start. Today is June 16th. Tomorrow is June 17th. For those of you math leaders. 
Tomorrow is June 17th. Proverbs has 31 chapters. Enough for one each day. Full of great wisdom and some great leadership tips. Start tomorrow with Proverbs chapter 17. And then the next day with Proverbs chapter 18. And so Begin to submit yourself to the authority of God's Word. And then through prayer, submit yourself to the guidance of God's Holy Spirit. And maybe, just maybe, you'd be so bold this week as to also submit yourself to the authority of a godly mentor. You say, you know what, I need somebody in my life I can go to for advice. I need just to take somebody out to lunch or to coffee and just say, look, I've hit the wall. I've got stuff I can't handle. Can you you just think about this and pray about this and, and let's talk? So place yourself under God's authority every day this week and then also every day this week. Refuse to view yourself as indispensable. This centurion knew that he could do nothing about his slave's condition. And so he didn't try to play God. I wonder how are you playing God right now? Are you a fixer of everything and everyone? You figure, you know what, if I could just find the reason this happened. You just figure it out and I could prevent it from happening again. You ever do that when you hear of an accident? When you hear of a disease? You just say, well, you know, it won't happen to me. It won't happen to my family. It won't. You know, th- that, that issue won't come up in our home because I'm going to do this, this, and this. You view yourself as God being in this room. So I wonder, do you sleep well? You toss and turn all night for it. Could it be because you view yourself as indispensable, as you, as you are the one who's going to handle all this stuff? Do you ever say no? You know the most revolutionary thing for some of us this week? Would just, just be cut. I don't care what it is. Just say no. Got lunch? No. <laughs> you watch TV? No. Just say no one time this week. Why? Because you're not indispensable. Not everybody is dependent on you. If you say no to something, if you can't do or fix something, guess what? The world will not stop spinning on its axis. I know that's tough to hear. I know. It's hard. Let's practice. Are we ready? Let me challenge you this week. Don't don't cheat your family. Cheat your job if you have to. View yourself, if you're going to view yourself as indispensable anywhere, view yourself as indispensable in your home, dads. Be there. Say no to something else. You can say yes to your family. Trust that God can handle things without you. If you say, I'm not going to do it. I can't be there. I've got something else God wants me to do. Also, ask God for renewed purpose in all of your roles. When you get up tomorrow and you say, I don't want to do this. I really wish I didn't have to do this, or I really wish I wasn't going there. Before your feet hit the floor, whisper a prayer, God, give me purpose. Or give me renewed vision, renewed purpose for what you've called me to as a husband, as a father, as as a worker, as a boss. I wonder where it is that you've lost purpose and direction. Maybe you'd say this morning, I want back. I want purpose for what I'm doing. Whatever it may be. And then finally, this week, every day this week, intentionally, intangibly, that means you can feel it. Show love to someone under your authority. You realize that people respond to different things. Some people need your time. Some people need your words of encouragement. Some people just need a hug. Some people need a gift. Some people need an act of service. What is it that the people in your life need from you? How can your heart be broken for those under your authority in your home, place of business, in this community? How can you show up this week every single day? 
told you at the beginning, guys, I really believe that there's some of the most important men in the world. I really believe that. There are people who are depending upon you and need you. They need you to have and to use true authority. And it all starts and it continues every day by living under true authority. Listen to what Paul said about Jesus as we close. Challenging the Philippians. I read this scripture a couple weeks ago. I think it's appropriate. We see where true authority comes from. Here's how to submit yourself. Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by becoming, or by assuming rather, the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. For this reason, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is what? Above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every, look around, every Of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that what Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. I'm not going to beat you up this morning, guys. I'm going to challenge you with this. One day, whether you willingly submit to it or not, you will bow at the feet of Jesus Christ and confess that he's Lord. You will bow. You will recognize true authority one day. The only way for that to, to grant you eternal life is to do it while there's still breath in your lungs. One day, all of us, each and every one of us, will stand before God, and the scripture says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is the true authority. Don't wait for us to live. Don't wait. Today's the day. You may have been living your life for yourself under your own authority to this point, and you recognize that scripture. And you say, Paul, to the Philippians, he's talking to me. And today is the day that I bow my knee, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus truly is Lord. Don't walk away here today, guys, and live for yourself. Don't walk away under your own authority. Because true authority only comes when you submit yourself to the one who has it. You bow your knee and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Here's what I want to do as we close. I've done this before in a way that hopefully won't embarrass anybody at all. I'm going to ask everybody here, if you would just bow your head and close your eyes. You may not be a praying person. I'm not going to ask you to pray. I'm not going to ask you to, to stand or to wave your hand at me or anything like that. I'm not even going to ask you to come down front. I just want you to, to bow so that those who need to respond to the Lord this morning can do so without threat of embarrassment. And particularly for our guys here today, whatever stage of life, fellas, you may be in, this may be an issue for you. And you say, I need some prayer. I'm not living under God's authority right I'm struggling with God's authority, and I'm doing life my own way. And God is all over me this morning. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and I realize that I need to turn around. Or maybe you say, you know, at work, I just can't stand the authorities there, and I'm struggling so much. I hate it. Maybe just in general. Authority for you is just a difficult thing. And you say, you know what, I... 
I want to admit it, but I just hate authority. I just want to do what I want to do. If that's you, if you say, you know what, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to live under authority in some way. All I want you to do is I've asked before in previous services. I just want you to lift your eyes to me and make eye contact, and you can put them right back down. And I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to say anything after the service. I want you to know you're not alone. Somebody's here to pray for you. So if you would, if that's you, you can lift your eyes. We make eye contact, and you put them right back down. Maybe you're a person this morning. As we think of Father's Day, particularly our men this morning, maybe you say, you know what, I'm struggling to use authority God's way. And I'm ruining the people around me. I'm struggling with this. And and it's time that it stops. It's time that I live under God's authority and so use authority His way. You say, my life needs these revolutionary things you're talking about. If that's you, you say, you know what? I may not be totally struggling to live under authority. I've submitted myself, but I'm struggling on how to use it. Would you pray for me? Maybe that's you. Would you lift your eyes to me and I'll pray for you? more effective leaders for you. We pray in Jesus.